Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. The We Can't Wrestle podcast. The King listens to it. WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler, and you better listen to it too. My friend Nate and the We Can't Wrestle podcast. You're listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Now it's time for our host, Hello, wrestling fans, and Happy New Year. Welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. I am Nate Maxson, your host, of course, joined by my brother Aaron. Hello, everybody. I feel like we just spoke. <laughs> and, yeah, we, we, re- we also recorded Reliving the Extreme this evening, so it's a double shot for the Maxson brothers. And, of course, our co-host, Mr. Archie Mitchell, is here as well. What's up, everybody? And on this week's show, we are going to uh, play a little game that Aaron and I have played before, and I think we once played it with Chad Austin as well. Um, It is a random copy of the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Top 500, and uh, each one of us are just going to give, just pick pick numbers out of a hat or out of our head. We'll each do about five, and it's just, it's cool to go back, back, back in time, and, uh, see what the results were. Sometimes you get a funny name right. or a guy where you're like, shit, I forgot that guy existed or something like that. And as a matter of fact, before we went on the air, Archie and I were talking about the fact that consuming your wrestling information just isn't as cool as it used to be. It was nope. so cool to get your magazines, man. Me and Aaron's grandma used to take us to this fucking <laughs> store that, you know, you got to buy a bag of penny candy and she bought you a wrestling magazine and you were set. You read more sick. bookstore. Yes, read more bookstore. That's what it was called. So you know, just the nostalgia of looking through a magazine, and it was, and it was you got to re- actually read. I mean, yeah, we're reading our phones or we're on a website on a computer. And we're reading, but mm-hmm. reading it cover to cover, and then a couple weeks going by, and you having to go back and find a page that you read and see if what you read was right. And you know right. what I mean? It was. Yeah. It was just. It was just something. It hit differently. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, like like some... a, not to be off topic or whatever, but um, I had this English teacher in middle school mm. named Tony Dodge, and mm-hmm. I wasn't the greatest student in the world, Okay, not that I'm dumb or anything, but um, my biggest problem was that I have ADHD, and I have a big mouth, so I'd like talk a lot in class and want to make people laugh and shit like that. 
and um our mom is like the greatest mom ever but i remember um i was in like a a conference thing and mom was like all he reads is wrestling magazines so he wants to read is wrestling magazines and mr dodge is like he should probably read more but at least he's reading <laughs> right about the exploits of King Kong Bundy on the East Coast. Yeah, yes. Right. But, but yeah, he's reading something. <laughs> the, uh, you know, sometimes I'll go through my magazine collection. I'll sit here while I'm watching old wrestling or something and just get it. I have actually gone down the wormhole and just like, you know, in a night by myself, you know, quiet in the office or whatever, just read a whole magazine front to back. Right. And it's like, man, it, it's just, I don't know. It's just nostalgic. So. But what I have in my hands right now is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Top 500 from 1993. Yeah. I'm going to guess that. I mean, uh, it's probably Hogan on the cover, but I'm thinking it might be Sting on the cover. On the cover, um, first of all, $2.50 in the U.S., two ninety five Canadian, a a pound ninety five in the U.K., a steal um, anywhere. On the cover are it's not just one guy on this cover. Oh, it's Brett, okay. Bret Hart, Yokozuna, Shawn Michaels, Sting, Big Van Vader, Lex Luger, and Ric Flair on the cover. Wow. Okay. So Hogan wasn't on the cover at all. All right. No. And we will get this out of the way. I'll just go through here just to give you guys a, a an estimate of of where we're at. Number one in the PWI 500 for 1993. Anybody want to take a guess? Sting. Uh, what was that? Bret Hart. Sting. It was Bret Hart. And number five. Something. And number 500. Boogie Woogie Brown. Garbage, garbage Man. Yeah, Duke Josie. Is that Duke Josie? Mm-hmm. Garbage wow. Man. Uh, let's see. That's right. He insists on wrestling. I'd read the description here. He insists on wrestling in a sanitation engineer's uniform. Great trash talker, of course. (laughs) Chicago native, Florida competitor. In return for guarantees, performs janitorial duties. (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) So, uh... (laughs) I like how they said he insists. Yes. He insists on wearing... He shows up and they're like, "You can't wear that." And he's like, "Hey, I insist. If you want me here, I insist." <laughs> By the way, you uh, think that floor mopped. As I was looking through, <laughs> as I was looking through the magazine earlier too, you know what is another thing I thought would be a fun show to do sometime? What? Just get one of my PWI 500s from whenever. It doesn't even have to be one of, or not 500s, but get one of my PWIs from sometime out and just go through the rankings. Right, you know, but anyway, um, we'll we'll each do about five. Just give me a number that comes to your mind that you'd be interested to see who ranked at that number in 1993. Just so you guys know, no, go ahead, just so the listeners know, if they haven't heard any of these shows, we didn't spoil anything because none of us have ever been like number one, yeah. Yeah, you don't don't care about that. You want to know who's like random 263 or something, right? Right. So, Archie, I'll give you the first pick. I'd like to know who number 50 was in the 500. 
Number 50. All right, yeah. let's see here. Let me get... I'm guessing it's still going to be a WWF or WWE guy. Because, I mean, their rosters were pretty deep back then. Number 50 in the 1993 PWI 500 was Kensuke Sasaki. Ooh. 5'10", 233, seven years pro, not listed last year, inconsistent in WCW, returned to Japan during 1993, among the strongest Japanese wrestlers, exceptional power attack including suplexes and hip toss variation, and a dynamic clothesline, former IWGP tag champ with Hawk. Yeah, he was a power warrior. Power warriors. Yes. I like Kensuke Sasaki. I do too. I do too. So I always little... enjoyed. He stayed away from the NWO. You know what I mean. He, they didn't mm-hmm. put him in the NWO when they brought the Japanese guys over. Uh, when they did the WCW versus New Japan pay per view at Starcade, I liked it. They let him go over Sting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And then they gave him the U.S. title for a little while too. Which he uh, lost to the One Man Gang, right? On a in a dark match, I think it was. Yeah, yeah it was even worse, but. <laughs> I think that he was a great representative of Japanese wrestling at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and oh, go ahead. Here. I was just gonna say he was a good worker, and um, I'm not gonna lie and be like, "Oh, I'm so knowledgeable about Japanese wrestling," but he's somebody that over here, as a jap as a Japanese worker, understood. How do I say it? Like, understood how to work the American style. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, to- he toned down the King's Road style a little bit when he came over yeah. here. All right, Aaron, how about you pick next? Uh, Art said 50. I'll say 132. Ooh, 132. Jungle Jim Steele. No. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be funny if it is. Um, number 132 in the 93 PWI 500, Junkyard Dog. What was he doing in 1993? Right? 6'3, 305, 14 years pro. Last year he was ranked 112. Uh, not hearing junk food dog chants as often since slimming down. Extremely popular in independence. Slimming down. Read his weight. 305. That's slimming down. <laughs> right. Extremely popular in independence. Occasionally competes in WCW. Best maneuver remains the headbutt. WCW and WWF star for many years. So he was probably doing the indie. That's WWF. what he was doing. And I know what he did in 93. That was when um, WCW thought it was a good idea to have Junkyard Dog team with Jim Neidhart. Yep, you're oh, right. Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a tag team. Jesus yep. Christ. <laughs> and they were both no longer way hey. past their primes. Yes. Right. Way on the coke and bloated <laughs> and, and and I'm not, I don't want to say I'm not going to say neither one of them were talented people because they were both great characters Everything like that, but it's like mm-hmm. eh, either them, neither one of them in '93 were J- JYDs. Like they were in fucking '86. 
JYD is actually one of the bigger disappointments to me personally because when you saw what he could be, if you watch him in Mid South, you know when you saw so when you saw that what he was there and and just the ability that he had, the charisma that he had, and I'm not saying he lost his charisma, but he definitely lost his drive to be great and um, let his his demons take over, and it's kind of sad to watch, you know. But you look at you look at somebody like that, and that's going back into the '80s and early '90s. And you look at modern product with some of these wrestlers that that happens today too. You know what I mean? The bigger they go to the bigger company after being in a mid south or an indie or whatever, and junkyard dog full of vigor, he's going, he's going, and then all of a sudden a few months he's like, "Ah, they're paying me. I don't got to do it every night at my absolute best." And I mean, he he definitely he definitely in the WWF. um, lived on, even though he was having his, his issues or whatever, he lived on his charisma. And I'm not saying he yeah. didn't pop those crowds and stuff. He was entertaining. Oh, no, but they, definitely. He definitely had lost his, I mean, and I'm not one of those guys, and Aaron and I have discussed this before, I'm not one of those guys that's like, he was great till he got to the WWF because um, there were many guys who were greater in the WWF than they were elsewhere. Right. JYD, JYD is one of those guys. I will say he was better before he got to the WWF. Yeah, and and just bottomed out. I was just listening, to, um, Jim Cornette. I can't remember if it was the drive-through or the experience or whatever, but he was talking about. Um, when he started Smoky Mountain and one of the, guess what Rick, one of Rick Rubin's, I can't remember all the rules. Oh yeah. 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 He, he didn't want uh, JYD. Yeah. One of the rules <laughs> was no JYD. Like, yeah. If you're going to take my money, no JYD at all. So I will pick next. I'm going to my, go. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was also no, going to say that, that it's not the same as JYD. But I I feel Nightheart's the same way. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'm not saying Nightheart would ever been like WWF champion or anything like that. But I think he could have been a bigger single star than he was if he mm-hmm. wouldn't have been yeah fucking around with all that shit. Yeah, because that dude had charisma for fucking days. Mm-hmm. And a look, the Heart Foundation yeah. wouldn't. Brett was great and is great. But that early in car, and I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to trail off, but that early Heart Foundation, Nightheart carried it. Oh, yeah. On the mm-hmm. promo side of it. You know, Brett mm-hmm. couldn't cut a promo, like Brett couldn't cut a fucking promo to save his ass. Nightheart was the charisma of it. Right. Brett grew into it, but they wouldn't have been what they were if it would have just not been for like Jimmy Hart and Nightheart. You know what I mean? Perfect storm. Yeah, I think Jim gets um, looked past because of the fact that he had that fucking those demons that got bloated and shit. Yeah. All right, let me see. I'm going to pick. I haven't looked at any of this uh, because I like to be surprised too. I'm going to say I'm going to pick 363. Ooh. Let me flip the hand bone, Mr. Ulala or something. <laughs> Three sixty-three. Speaking of hand bones, it's actually a guy that Chad Austin knows, a friend of his, Mark Starr. 
is number 363, 5'11", 2'35", 7 years pro. Last year he was ranked 278, so he's on his way down. Wow, he's a spot drop. Is usually found in Florida these days, incredibly, incredibly versatile wrestler for his age. Former Wildside member with Chris Champion, they won the CWA tag title in 1989. So, Mark Starr. I don't know a lot about Mark Starr other than watching him job on TV. I, yeah, I, I, liked him, I liked him in WCW. I mean, yes, he was a job guy, but he had uh, a lot of excitement when he would come to the ring, you know, when they would give him an entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I liked it when they put him in the tag team, men at work. Uh, you know, and he, he actually got to win a little bit. With Canyon, right? Yeah, it was him and Chris yeah. Canyon yeah. and hard hats and jeans. Uh, and but I mean, it, it just yeah. he, he was Canyon never. Was like, I got that in my closet, bro. Right. I got, I got <laughs> don't worry, Mark. I got this in my closet. We don't need to even need to buy anything. Uh, but Buck was, you know, he was one of those young up and comers that if they would have probably given him a push, he might have been able to do something with it. But you never know. He always reminded me, though, and I don't mean this is any disrespect, but um, a broke man's Brian Pillman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He had, yeah. they had almost a similar look, a similar style, but yet Brian had more charisma and was able to get over. You know, right? Well, Archie, your pick is next. <laughs> Let's go with number two hundred and one. Two hundred and one. All right. Let's see. Uh... 201, a 93 PWI 500 is Toshiyake Kawada. You're just picking the Japanese stars this time around. And and you know what? I know nothing about Kawada. I can't even say anything about him. Pick another single match. No, no. 510, 230, 12 years pro, 210 last year. So he's on the way up. More efficient than flashy. But that hasn't prevented him from becoming one of all Japan's most popular stars, top contender for most federation titles, and there you go. That's it. Yeah. So we don't have a lot to say on Kawada, Aaron. All I all I've no, ever seen about Kawada is that when they would do like those carnivals, they call Gambia carnivals. Mm-hmm. It would always be like Kim versus Misawa, yeah. or I know Vader. Vader beat him for the Triple Crown one time. So that's all I really. Oh yeah, he was definitely a big. He was definitely a big star over there. Yeah. So. I got no idea. Well, give me a number. Oh, oh! I thought you were asking me. No. Kawada. <laughs> give like, us your give us your love of Kawada. Tell us how much you love him. Mom wouldn't even let us buy HBO. You think she's going <laughs> to back in Japanese wrestling tapes <laughs> from some from some random guy in the back of a Wrestling Observer newsletter? Right. I'm working for right. a living. You like Cheerios and Doritos and shit? No, I want to know about tapes. Mom, we don't need no Cheerios this week. I want Kawada. Yeah. Okay, a number. Uh, let's go 157. 157. Let's see here. Number, one, oh, shit. number 157 is Moondog Spot. Rough. 6'2", 298, 16 years pro. He was number 80 last year. The Moondogs again topped the USWA tag scene, but Spot's been sent toward the back of the kennel. He has been with the team since 1978, still carries a big bone. I don't want to know about his big bone, but I will say this. 
I was never a fan of the Moon Dog gimmick or the Moon Dogs. I know is, is Moon Dog spot Larry Latham. I believe so. You can Google it if you want, but I don't have my phone by me. But if it is, he died in the ring. I do believe. Yeah, and and I'm not I'm not I'm not necessarily dissing it. And and I uh, you guys know I'm a big fan of Memphis wrestling, and the Moon Dogs did do some some decent shit in Memphis. They were less cartoony than they were when they were in the WWF. They were more of like a hard, like, like compare it like the Bushwhackers being the, the Sheepherders. Right, right. But I still was never a big fan of that team. I never understood the gimmick enough to, to go, you know, to get a, a behind them. And yes, Moondog spot was Larry Latham. Yeah. On November 29th, 2013, Booker suffered a heart attack in the rain during Jerry Lawler's, birthday bash show at Memphis. He was rushed to a Methodist Central Hospital where he was pronounced dead at the age of 51. Yeah. I think it was 2003. Did I say 2000? What did I say? 2001? 13. No, you said 13. Oh, sorry. Okay, I read though. wrong. Yeah, 2000, 2003. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, he died in the ring. Which is unfortunate. And, uh, uh, I like I said I just I, and I'm not I'm again I wasn't dissing the the guys or anything when I said I wasn't a fan I just right, wasn't right. It, the Moon Dogs deal wasn't my cup of tea I don't, I don't understand know. it what is a Moon dog? right what is it were they were they surfers were they cavemen were they uh, <laughs> Sur- you know, surfing cavemen <laughs> well I mean that's the way they that was they could have been hobos for all I knew too because they had strings <laughs> holding up their pants you know what I mean. I get it. They were dogs, but like, what you know, wasn't one of the Moon Dogs said to be the other member of the militia, and then he backed out. Actually, what happened was it was um, it was Randy Colley, and then he right. was Moon. He was Moon. The other Moon Dog was Spot and uh, Rex. Blah, 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 blah. Rex. Yeah. And the reason that he did not continue as Smash was because when he wrestled as Smash, too many people recognized him right, and were chanting Moondog. Right, right. That's, yes. that's, yeah. So, yeah, he was supposed to be he was supposed to be Demolition Smash, the other Moondog. Right. And by the Why way... It worked out as well. Thank God it didn't work out. As, right? we, as we do the shows, I always write down potential themes, the potential, you know, themes for the show or, or the, the subtitle. Surfing Caveman is at the top of the list right now. I like it. It's not as right. good of a gimmick as Caveman Lawyer, but <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as much as I love Archie, he's no Phil Hartman. So. I'm, a, I'm a Caveman no, Lawyer. Nobody's a Phil Hartman. <laughs> Nobody is Phil Hartman. All right, I think I'm next. Yes, I like the low numbers. I'm going with 422. 422. Adam Pierce. Was he born yet in 1993? I'm assuming he's 40-something, Nate. Okay. <laughs> or 50. I don't know how old he is, but, you know. 422 is killer. He's six that's foot. Not... Wait, that's it? I was yeah. expecting a second name. No, it's just killer. Oh. oh, God. He's six foot, 255, eight years pro. Last year, he was 232. The description, sadistic, partner of fellow masked man Psycho in the Texas Hangman Tag Team. Underrated if Brutal Duo has won the... The Brutal Duo has won the 
the WWC and USWA tag titles, and he is currently in Midwest Independence. I don't even know who this might be. Why don't I, I remember Google. them? I just the tried Googling it. I just tried Googling it. I just typed Killer Wrestler, and it came up with Jimmy Snuka. <laughs> TCB, brother. TCB. I was gonna. Why don't I remember them from USWA? I used to follow USWA. I don't remember a psycho killer. Yeah. I, 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 always thought, I always thought the Texas Hangman tag team was Tex Schlesinger and Shanghai Pierce when they were in WCW. Uh, they didn't actually give them that name. They just called them Tex Schlesinger and Shanghai Pierce. They never gave them a tag team name. Oh, okay, okay. But there were many multiple Texas Hangman tag right. teams all over the... But this was, killer guy... You know what's funny? I was watching... Um, um, WCW Saturday nights around the air. We got to talk about something because nobody knows anything about Killer. Right. Uh, when um, Shanghai Pierce and Tex Lassinger were in WCW, mm-hmm. um, um, like that that Atlanta crowd that was at that studio was like super into Dennis Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, they, they just. They just glommed on a Dennis Knight because he was he was Shanghai <laughs> Pierce, right? No, he was Tex Slasinger. Uh, he was Slasinger, yeah. So yeah, he was Slasinger. Shanghai cause... was Mark Canterbury in the mask. Yeah. But like when when Mark Canterbury was in there, they'd be like, ah, whatever, you know. But as soon as like they text, they tag in like Tex Slasinger, like those people were like, yeah, like get into it, and shit. But the same <laughs> thing happened with really the Godwins. It's when he was famous Godwin, he was getting over more than everybody was. I, I guess I Dennis know, it just had away with the crowd. It just cracked you know? me up in that little yeah. fucking studio every week. All them little kids are going to that show, and yeah. all them little, like teenage dudes were like, "Yeah, Tex Lashinger's our shit." Yeah, it's just like yeah, it's just like uh, um, I I and it's kind of it's not the same thing, but it's kind of the same thing. And Aaron already knows this. I've said it a billion times, but I love the fact that in the Manhattan Center, the Quebecers mm-hmm. were like super over with that Manhattan Center crowd yeah when they, they were, were the guys those, were those, those early those early raws yeah they were the guys yeah. that were there every week mm-hmm. you might not see brett this week you know you might not see when sean you see the fucking Quebecers are gonna be here oh, yeah. we're not the mounties yeah. that yeah. fucking shit where they're singing in the ring and the camera pans up or whatever and fucking raven and the quebecers are singing it and that tired <laughs> hands are singing it with them it's like yeah. it's fucking ridiculous <laughs> All right, Archie, give me a number. 76. 76. There'll be another yeah. Japanese. No Japanese, no Japanese, no Japanese, no Japanese, no Japanese, no Japanese, no Japanese. Turn, turn the page. Let's see here. Number 76, Nasty Boy Jerry Sags. Oh, I hate the Nasty Boy. 6'3", 270, seven years pro. Last year he was 104. He and Brian Nobbs, the Nasty Boys, seek WCW tag title to accompany their WWF belt. Excellent flying elbow off the top rope. Adequate solo skills. Better off in tag competition. Now, let me tell you. I'll tell I you. don't hate the Nasty Boys. I do not. And I was going to say this. Um, and I, I, I will let you elaborate, Archie. Mm-hmm. My thing about the Nasties is they were one of those teams that it depends who they're with. Because there are some teams that bring them up 
that they really work well with, i.e. Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan or the Steiner brothers. Or the, they, they have, they have yeah, the, the hearts, but they also don't sleep on the fact they had some really good matches with the Rockers too. Yeah. And it's just them, shocked, would... like, they were friends. Mm-hmm. But I'll let Archie go first if he wants. All right. Let the hate go first. It's, it's <laughs> not. It's not that I hate them. Like in a like I despise them. I can't say. Early eighties, them fighting the Steiners in WCW. I enjoyed them. They were young, up and coming, and the Steiners and them blew the roof off of many of WCW events. Early WWF days in the nineties. Again, the Hearts. I even thought they had great matches with the uh, Natural Disasters too. Mm-hmm. You know when Jimmy left earthquake and typhoon and went with the nasty boys and went money inc and you know yeah. what i mean it was it was uh, it was great i don't like nasty boys over the last 10 years because they when they went back to tna or into impact or whatever you want to call it i understand everybody wants a payday hogan was the part was a part of the company he got them a job whatnot but they they tarnished their legacy from how bad they were in the ring and how how over you know they, they were sucking wind within the first two minutes and mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's not that i hate the nasty boys it's just i feel like they kind of crapped on what they already did in the past which was a pretty damn good legendary career yeah to oh yeah they, one more payday they jumped the they they and the, you know the expression jumped the shark yeah. the nasty boys as a team jumped the shark in like 96 like that was the right. like that was the end for me I'd, like I'd, I'd even put it in before that like 95 they're like after they were still they were still having good matches with Harlem Heat in 95 I know but but yeah, they but weren't having the ma- they, they, were, they weren't the nasty boys that I liked mm-hmm. right you know what i mean exactly. like to me like um, um, actually, one of my favorite matches just to sit down. Like, if I'm gonna sit down and just watch a match, I don't know if you guys have that. Like, yeah. okay, well, there's this pay per view, but I don't watch the whole pay per view, I just want to watch this match. Mm-hmm. That fucking Halloween Havoc match between the Steiner brothers and the fucking Nasty Boys. Oh, yeah, yeah, what, 1990, I think. Mm-hmm. It's fucking great, it's fucking fantastic. And like their match with the Hearts at WrestleMania, and their feud with, like Nate said, with like Cactus and and Max Payne. Oh my God, yeah, mm-hmm. fucking great. But in like '95, and I understand it. But about '95, both of them were like, eh. <laughs> right, right. Then, then it was okay. Let us feud with the Public Enemy every week, and then yeah. oh, we're gonna join the NWO. Okay, we're well, gone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I just like after that it was like okay I can see them like being on an indie show or maybe making an appearance here or there but when they still thought they were gonna like get over like on teams like Team 3D the Dudley Boys and you yeah. know teams that needed to come up the rankings it was like dude you need to get out of the business now oh yeah they were definitely I mean by that time they were definitely like three day old microwave pizza they were not yeah exceptional yeah. at all but just speaking of Jerry because he's the guy that. Nate picked. Um, he was the worker of that team. Oh yeah, like like Nobbs. I'm not gonna knock Nobbs because he was what he was, but like Jerry Sags is actually a pretty good. No, yeah, Jerry's this. Jer- Nobbs is the personality of that team. Like, oh, yeah, Jer- Jerry's a good fucking wrestler. I thought. I agree. 
And like they I said in his little blurb or whatever, that fucking elbow he did was great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And Dusty Rose would be like, Bibbit. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. he said Bibbit every time he would go for that elbow, but he said Bibbit. Aaron, it's your turn to give me a number, though. Uh, what was the last number I gave you? Do you remember? Nope. Was in the 300. <laughs> 333, I think it was. Let's go right in the middle. 250. 250. All right, let's see. It's probably a staple in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love this magazine because it even has the, the poster in it. You don't find that a lot in Who's the, the poster. Magazines. It's like a... It's the close-up of Bret Hart. So it's got oh, his little profile thing and everything, but then you fold it out and there's a poster. Uh, um, two fifty. Can I get there? There we go. Oh, oh. <laughs> we have made fun of this man a lot on reliving the extreme. Is it Chris Michaels? No, metal, <laughs> ma- metal maniac. The metal oh. maniac is two fifty. Yes, six two two sixty eight. Two years pro. Last year he was four eighty two. So he is climbing the ranks. Climb the ranks, yeah. Jimmy Snuka slipped Bill after some money. Um, uh, metal maniac competed in Jordan, Europe, and the U.S. this year. Incredibly powerful bear hug. Sports war paint to psych out opponents. Negotiating with Japanese promoters for 1994. Notice he said he's negotiating. Didn't get booked. (laughs) Perfected. Perfected. He's like, hey, I I know Jimmy Snuka. (laughs) Do you want to book Jimmy Snuka? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We love book Jimmy Snuka. I do his laundry, man. I do his his laundry. I speak of the English for him. Anyway, go ahead. The only thing left was perfected flying elbow smash as best finishing maneuver. I have never seen anything. I've I've never never, seen that dude do a flying elbow smash. I've never seen that (laughs) dude do anything I liked to see. (laughs) I've never even seen him leave his feet. (laughs) Get in by Jimmy Snuka. Right. <laughs> you you want to know my biggest exposure to the Metal Maniac before, w, before he was in ECW? You guys What's remember that? the company WCCW? Oh, yeah. It was all right. They used to have an opening montage when the show would start. Mm-hmm. And the first, like, 30 seconds was Jimmy Snooker beating the hell out of the Metal Maniac. Of course it was. And that was all I remember about him. Because in 19, from 1992... To early 1994 on the East Coast, Jimmy Snuka beat the shit out of Metal Maniac all over the place. Every night, right. Yes, and then they would be like, next, Tom Brandy versus King Kong Bundy. Right. <laughs> Jimmy will be signing autographs by the bar in just a few minutes. Yeah. Who, was, who was his driver before that? Was it uh, Who was on the dark side of the ring uh, with Snuka? Said he was in the car with him and... Uh, was it Tama? I think it might have been Tama. Tama was like, I ain't doing that no more. Yeah, not anymore, brother. You're <laughs> not doing no more, buddy. It's like, you're on your own. You're the metal maniac. was like, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. 
How many bodies do you think he threw in a ditch? <laughs> All right, I'll pick next. Why am I smacking around Jimmy Snooker tonight? <laughs> I don't know. It's all right. Well, no, it is. He's a murdering fuck. He's a murdering so anyway. fuck. Right. I'm going to pick da, 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 422. It, oh, it might have been Samu. I think Samu was the guy on the Dark Side of the Maybe. Oh, I already picked 422. That must be in my head. Because that was killer. All right. So I'm going to pick three, 322. That's psycho. <laughs> that, would be, that, would, that would be fucking fantastic. Number 322 is Ricky Gonzalez. Name sounds familiar. 6'1", 215, six years pro, not listed last year. He is a native of Harlingen, Texas, near the Mexican border. Has been on champion tag teams in several Lone Star-based federations, including the AWU. That's a hard... That would be a hard A-W-U. wrestling... AWU. That would be a hard wrestling name, like, federation name for the broadcaster, you know? AWU. 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 Fuck. We'd like to welcome you to the AWU. The American Wrestling Universe? What does it stand for? World Wrestling Underpants. <laughs> American Wrestling Underpants is on the air. No pants at all here. Salute your shorts, everybody. It's time <laughs> for a great card of wrestling action. Yes, sir, we got a great main event for you here tonight. All Ricky right. Gonzalez. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky Gonzalez. Ricky Gonzalez. Huh? Ricky <laughs> Gonzalez a heel. It doesn't say. Did he stain that company? <laughs> Did he stain the world wrestling underpants? <laughs> or did he have a major streak? <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> uh, okay, my turn again. Uh, yes. All right. <laughs> One of the wrestlers is whitey tidy. <laughs> Look here, tonight yeah, I beat... I have a couple boxers. I was about to say, tonight I beat the boxer. Yeah. They and had I'll a guy, and, and, and he was a two-sport athlete. He's a wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know, well, do you know what his other profession was? What? He was a jockey. They had, a, they had an excellent tag team, too, Aaron. You hear about him? Yeah. Frank Fruit and Jose DeLoom. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Fruit. <laughs> that sounds like sounds like an indie result from Slice of Time. I'm just saying. <laughs> together they, to make they, together they make fruit of the loop. <laughs> Michael Jordan is their spokesman. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with number one sixty five. One sixty-five. This is a guy we all know from the Attitude Era. Not yet, but uh, here he is, Vampire Warrior. Ooh, dang, six three, two sixty-three, five years pro. Not listed last year. Wears fangs and also the USWA Southern Belt after beating Jeff Jarrett. To make things even scarier, he's an ally of Luna Vachon when she's in Memphis. Ooh. 
and he's extremely mysterious. I would call him a little more than an ally, weren't they, Mary? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit more than an ally. He's sticking it in. Yeah. Uh, he is actually pretty goddamn good. He was. He really was. I mean, um, tag team wrestler with the black cards, I thought he was great. I just think individual, like, like, Honestly, I think that guy's biggest problem was the fact that he didn't have a body that Vince McMahon liked. Right. Right. Like I think he su- and, and Nate, you you'll you might get this. I think he suffered from um the Tony Anthony syndrome. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, he because was... Gangrel could and, and I know he's vampire warrior here, but Gangrel could talk. Mm-hmm. I know we're talking 93, so it's a different thing. But Gangrel could talk. He could work. And the Gangrel gimmick was fucking oh, it was over. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was over. And that goddamn Probably. music would hit people would just be bouncing to it, it and shit. Aaron, it, 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 recently hit, it recently hit again on Monday Night Raw. They did a, a thing with Edge and Miz, where Edge gave Miz a, a bloodbath. And and then it hit a couple months ago when Edge was facing Seth Rollins, and the fans are still popping for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that, what I mean. Like I, I, I just don't think that David Heath fit the mold of what Vince McMahon thought a wrestler should look like, and I and 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 that is the only I shouldn't say he, the only thing, but that's my main complaint about WWE now. Is like, oh, this guy doesn't look like what his superstar should look like. You know what I mean? Right. He also is. He also is right up there with D'Lo Brown, as a guy that was actually um, hurt by the fact that Vince Russo left. Yeah, that was his pushing point exactly. Because and that's what was. I'm saying. Like, like Vince Russo had shit for him and was getting him over. And then Vince Rousseau leaves, and then just Vince is like, oh, look at that fat fucker. Well, but also they paired him two different times with four guys who were going to end up being breakout stars. Mm -hmm. You know, first the brood was Edge and Christian with him. Edge was pinned to be a superstar from day one, and Christian slowly climbed up the ladder to become one one of the best. And then they put him with the Hardy Boys. Like, you know, you basically made him Hardy Denetti without even telling him. You right. know what I mean? It was like, mm-hmm. okay, here, you get, you get these kids over. Oh, okay, and then what do I do? We're going to fire you. you know? and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you watch, like, when the brood first was able to, like, cut promos, like, the first time they sent him out there, Gangrel did a good job, and then they gave it to Edge, and Edge shit the fucking bed. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Edge was horrible as a vampire. But, but when they – but if you're, like, a Vince McMahon – and his mindset, he's looking at Edge, who is tall, good looking, right. has a good body on him. Girls are swooning over him. him. Girls are swooning over him or whatever. When Edge first started cutting fucking promos, they were fucking trash. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Edge, honestly, wasn't even that great when he first started wrestling. Like he in his first, match, his first match, he fucking killed Jose Estrada. Fucking ended that guy's career. Broke his goddamn neck. Like he well, flipped 
ropes. Hands on Jose's his neck. Jose's neck was he, already having problems with his neck. Edge made him worse, yes. And is visually on camera going, oh, shit. Like, yep. I fucked that guy up. Edge recently did a shoot interview, and he said when he did it, he came back in the ring, and Tim White, who was the referee, looked at him and said, hey, kid, what, what? Uh, I think he's out cold. You may want to bring him back in the ring. <laughs> so. But, yeah, but yeah I just Gang, think. Gangrel should have, you know, whatever he was, Vampire Warrior, David Heath, Gangrel, he, he would have made for at least a decent European or intercontinental champion. You know. Yeah, which I think he had the European title, but not, but just for a, a hot second. Like a week, yeah. Yeah. Aaron, you're next. Pick a well, number. He's got like three more numbers left or something. Eh, a couple more. You're, yeah. you're on your third. I just did my third. We'll at least go three more numbers. Let's do that. Some kind of <laughs> uh, if that's okay with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And I will go. This is the most fun I've had in a while. <laughs> And sink. Uh, let's go seventy-five. Number seventy-five is <laughs> Jimmy Snuka. Oh my God. Are you serious? Are you six? Talking? Are you serious? Yeah, six foot <laughs> two fifty. Twenty-four years pro. He was number ninety-seven last year, so he's actually Ooh, gone up. Came down, right? Superfly can still soar, brother. A champ in ECW and other independents. Renowned for flying body press off the turnbuckle. Slowed a bit. All-around skills are sometimes overlooked. Slowed a bit is an understatement. I thought um, I, I was like, did he say slowed a bit or <laughs> slow a little bit? <laughs> a little bit slow. Um, He, by this point, he just like mainly worked with people that were like a, a metal maniac or somebody that just wanted to work with Snook on the independence. And he right. stood around like a tree, gave them chops and then did the superfly splash and you went home. And that He's was it. also to me, a guy that is like the <laughs> ultimate warrior. Okay. Like I'll explain it this way. This is how I feel about Jimmy Snooker. When I was a kid, I was a huge Jimmy Snuka fan. Okay? When mm-hmm. I was a little guy, fucking loved him. Why wouldn't you? Right? Right. Built like a fucking shit brick house. Fucking hoo, 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 crazy eyes, all that shit. Actually pretty goddamn good in the ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the older you get and the more you hear about it and the, and the smarter you get to what a fucking human being is supposed to be... You got you, you can't look past what the fucking guy was, yeah. the human. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Ooh. Oh yeah, terrible human being. Terrible fucking human being. Piece of shit human being. And mm-hmm. and, and and when I look at him now, I'm like, I can understand. I I still look at him and watch his matches and shit. I can still watch his matches and be like, okay, I understand why that guy's a great wrestler. But then. I he he's a guy that I can't um, separate the character from the person. Right, Does that makes sense. No, oh, yeah, it's the same reason I don't. I I have trouble watching Chris Benoit still. Right, 
Yeah, it's like you know what you fucking did. Mm-hmm. You know what you fucking did. And right, it's, with the case, it, it's one of the up. things. It's also sorry. It's also one of the things that, and I hate when people pile on to Vince McMahon, but it's also one of the things that I can't look at Vince McMahon and say you didn't know what you fucking did. Right. Like you yeah. know what that fucking guy did, and you fucking helped bury it. And that's one of like the three things that I will say Vince McMahon was a piece of shit in this situation. That whole thing with Jimmy Snuka and and that girl, I can't fucking look past it. Mm-hmm. I can't. See, Nate mentioned not being able to watch Benoit, and that's after the fact, because if we watch Benoit WCW or WWF or WWE, he didn't do anything yet. It wasn't until, you know, whatever. With Snuka, we're watching Snuka after he already murdered somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's what makes it even worse because as we were children, we're like, oh, this guy's a hero. Okay, great, great. We got a little older. He's like, okay, he slowed down, but it still brings back a fun childhood memory. Now in our 40s, we're like, dude, this guy killed somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, got away with it. Can I say this? I will classify what Vince McMahon and the WWF or whatever they were at that time, what they did was the same goddamn thing that Puerto Rico did with Invader 2. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They let somebody murder somebody and just shut it down. Right. Swept it under the rug. Swept it under the rug. <laughs> nope. Nope. And, 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 and it's, it's as sick as that was. In my opinion. I totally agree. I didn't mean this fucking PWI 500 thing to go dark. Well, the name came up, and that's that's what it is. I, I also think it's funny that I bashed the guy like three times, and then I picked him. <laughs> the next number I'm going to pick is 401. Invader 2. <laughs> Let's see here. Got a bit stabby in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what your bruiser brother is killed. Sorry. Oh, God. I don't even know who this person is. Did I say 401 or 402? Two. All right. I don't know who this is either. 402. His name is Adrian Hall. Oh, you don't know him? I'm being serious. 6'2", 215, four years pro. Last year he was 269. Um, Yes, another effeminate wrestler named Adrian. The insatiable one frequently wears makeup in the ring. Despised but has won many regional titles in Maryland and vicinity. No, Archie, I have no idea who Adrian Hall is. He was was just like Adrian Adonis um, and a little bit of uh, exotic Adrian Street. Um, all mixed into one. Um, you, you know the guy from Ring of Honor, um, Dalton Castle. Yes. Okay. It was basically Dalton Castle, but with big blonde hair, put into two puffy pigtails at the top of his head, mm-hmm. and then a mullet in the back and face paint. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it was. Really- I, 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 by the way, by the way, what happened to Dalton Castle? I was a big fan of that guy. Uh, well, he, he just. He was in Ring of Honor. He's now 
Well, no, I mean, he just faded away from there, too. He fucked his back up, because yeah. if you remember, they did that They did that peer tournament, and he was in mm-hmm. that for a little bit, and he was wearing that weird-ass back brace thing when he was still working. Okay. He, so, uh, but he, I, he I was trying to get back into the main picture of things, but now they're going out of business, so they don't know what they're doing. I would assume if I'm a Dalton Castle and my back's fucked up, and Ring of Honor's telling you we're shutting the shutters for a little bit, but they said they were still paying people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I'm Dalton Castle, I'd be like, all right, my back's fucked up. I'll just sit at home and fucking collect my check. <laughs> You love, I'm right. not knocking Dalton Castle. You know what I mean? Right. That would be the best solution. That would be my fucking thing. Is like, I hurt my fucking back. You guys are still going to pay me. I'll sit at home. And that's what I'm assuming. What I, I'm assuming that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if ROH doesn't open back up, AEW will pick that guy up in a minute. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I don't see him in the WWE, but I, I would think AEW would pick him up. <laughs> Fuck but them, pick also, up everybody. Also, they're gonna, the, guy's they're name. gonna have the they're gonna have the biggest goddamn wrestler roster in the history of wrestling here shortly. Nah, they'd have to go a minute for WCW nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, look up the card of Dark Elevation. I'm just saying. No, I won't. Oh uh, God, those dark right, guys, Nate, those, those Nate, write that guy's name down that you said. What was his Adrian name? Hall, Anthony Michael Hall. Adrian Hall. Yeah, write that name down and save it because you said he worked in Maryland. Chad might know him. Okay. Dig into that at some point. All right, Archie, it is your turn again. Um, four ninety-eight. Four ninety-eight. This is gonna be a fucking ham bone. Oh, oh. You guys are going to love this name. Mr. Loverman. Shabbos. Yeah, as you say, Shaggy. Bombastic. <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be a great heel. Like, Mr. that guy, you spiked that guy. It wasn't me. <laughs> um, hey, I don't have anything to say. I'll read his blurb. Frequently wrestles in a dress, wears wig and makeup. <laughs> Key West native, rumored to be part woman. <laughs> Which part? <laughs> Could he be Miss Texas's next male opponent in their side of the ring? That's his whole. Let me Miss see. Texas is Miss Jacqueline. Yes, five six two thirty three years pro, not listed last year. Which part of him is female? I don't know, but he's boom Don't ask questions like that. Don't ask questions like that, Eric. <laughs> uh, uh, you go with four ninety nine. You're like, okay, it's like the last guy on the list. How bad could it be? Mister Loverman, I don't have anything to say about this guy, but I think it's funny that even though Mister Loverman isn't anything about Shaggy or Mister Boombastic. But since I have nothing to say about this guy, I'll ask something again that has nothing to do with wrestling. Who on this podcast is a fan of Mr. Bean? I am. Roland Atkinson. Mr. Bean. Yep. 
Yep. Watching that dude as Mr. Bean dance to Mr. Boombastic. Oh, God, <laughs> yes. Funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen I, in my entire life. I agree. <laughs> it's fantastic. What is your next number, Aaron? Uh, let's go with a hundred and thirty six. One thirty six. All right, let's see. One thirty six is oh, this is a guy we've discussed recently, I think, on the show. Black Bart. Uh, maybe yes, maybe not on this show, but one of our shows. We've, yeah, Black Bart versus One Man Gang. That was on Slice of Time last week. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Black Bart, 6'4", 261, 13 years pro. Last year he was 212. This brawling rule breaker from the Picos is well known throughout Texas wrestling. A former world-class champion, now in global Intensely feuded with Bill Irwin throughout 1992, so I know Aaron would have loved that feud. Um, Trash. (laughs) um, Yeah. World class. No, no. Bill Irwin looks like a squid. Squid Billy. (laughs) That was our show. One of our shows. Bill Irwin's a squid Billy. But go ahead. But we're we're talking about Black Bart right now. Yeah. When I was a kid. Before I exposed myself to watching, <laughs> yeah, yeah, glad I clarified yeah, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you put too much of a pause right there. <laughs> I, become, the I, be, I, I become, I know, I become Bill Clinton at some point. But listen, think, for a minute, I was like, I don't think Nate knows what he's talking to me. And I was like, it's it's the holiday season still, so I'm gonna keep my mouth shut because Nate was like. Back when I was younger, and I exposed myself to <laughs> the entire bus, the girls in the confessional. Anyway, <laughs> um, all I knew before I watched territory wrestling and started becoming a, a smart fan, and et cetera, et cetera, and went back through time, all I knew of Black Bart was he was the jobber in the WWF. Right. As, as a jobber in the WWF, he was good at his job. Otherwise, he stunk. <laughs> he was also part of the Desperados. Oh, yeah. With Dead-Eyed Dick and all that. That shit was so bad, Stan Hansen was like, fuck it, I'm fuck leaving. That. I'm going back to Japan. <laughs> I don't care how much money you're paying me. I'm out of here. I ain't doing that shit. It's fu- it is funny, though. Like, the whole story was they're looking for Stan and, and they literally never found him. They literally about found him. He was like, no. <laughs> oh, they almost found me. I'm going back to Japan. I'm going back to Osaka. <clears throat> Archie, any thoughts on Black Bart before I make my next pick? <laughs> I always thought it was such a bland character, like when he was in G- GWF. And it was just, I don't know. I, yeah, the feud with Bill Earl wasn't bad, but um, it was just a bland, don't know where character. And Aaron and I always part ways on Bill Irwin. I was a Bill Irwin fan. <laughs> I was too up until he began to do him. Can I, say, can I, can I have you write down another name, uh, another potential name for the show? Mm hmm. Any thought? <laughs> 
Any thoughts on Black Bart? <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Because <laughs> Archie's like, no. <laughs> Not really. You caught me on guard. Like, what? No, no. Move on. Go on. Yeah. Any thoughts on Black Bart? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to pick my next number. I'll pick the 200s this time. 266. Let's see what we got here. 266. Ah, 266 is Damien Demento. Oh. 6'2", 258, two years pro, not listed last year. Sadistic sinister in the WWF only occasionally. Especially good at knee drops to the skull with a standing reverse neck breaker as his finishing move. Future appears iffy. (laughs) (laughs) Nate? Yeah. I want your honest opinion. Mm Mm-hmm. Damien Demento as a gimmick. As a gimmick. As a gimmick? It's okay. Here's my thing about Damien Demento as a gimmick. Is it any different than the Ultimate Warrior? I'm speaking to the sky. <laughs> you know, Ultimate Warrior had his whatever they would say it was, like when he's looking to the stars or whatever for answers and et cetera, et cetera. Essentially, he's a schizophrenic. Well, I understand. Um, but what I'm saying is you have the Damien Demento gimmick. The name, the gimmick, the look, but a better wrestler. Could have worked. Does that I mean Yeah, I mean when I when when I watched him back then in ninety three or whatever when he was on Raw and Superstars and everything, you know, the the he had a really interesting um uh, what's what? What's the like shoulder pads? Like it, it almost looked like a closing mouth yeah, or like, whatever. Like, like, you know, like, I'll, I'll put it this way, okay. Damian Demento, okay, because mm-hmm. that that was the box of gimmicks. There's no way, right? It wasn't. Okay? Right. That was a gimmick that they thought of before they had the person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Damian Demento, and you take Damian Demento, the gimmick. And you put it on David Heath. Right. Somebody that can fucking that, Yeah, somebody that's going to maybe, because uh, um, um, the guy that did it, Mondo Clean, I don't even know his real name. It doesn't matter. But he almost, he almost like the schizophrenic thing, he almost took it, took it too cartoony. And he wasn't a good worker. Yeah. So. But you put that gimmick on somebody like David Heath. I'm not saying it's going to be fucking main event in WrestleMania or whatever, but I don't think it's as big of a joke. Right. It is now in 2021. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, there like, might have also been a bad timing for it too, because in 93, you had garbage men, you had plumbers, you had, you know what I mean? There was just too many cartoons. You know, we had Mantar. You know what I mean? So maybe it was the wrong time for like a boogeyman-esque type character that he was supposed to be. You know? And I get that, but what I'm saying is, like, the Damien Demento character wasn't a bad fucking character. It wasn't. It wasn't. Although, although if you want... 
<laughs> Watch a random Raw in 93, folks. Listen to this. I'm going to do my, my best Howard Finkel impression. It's going to suck. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to help me with my joke. Okay, the Bushwhackers are about to come out, right? And Howard Finkel's like, Introducing first, Damien Demento and the Repo Man. <laughs> and I'm just picturing him going, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <That's fantastic. laughs> Goddamn, Repo Man's a great gimmick, too. Oh, and Repo Man's a fantastic gimmick, especially when you are appealing to wrestling fans who generally probably have something getting repossessed. <laughs> I will, I will fight somebody if they're like. Repo I bet, Man. I bet Repo Man had serious heel heat in West Virginia. I'm so just. I saying. will fight somebody if they tell me Repo Man sucked. <laughs> I will fight you in the alley. No, Repo Man, Repo Man was just, just the next best thing that Barry Darso could have done. It's when he got to WCW and they made him the Black Top Bully, Mister Hole in One. You know what yeah. I mean? It was, it was like you really. Barry Darso is not a good character. That's you can't build on that. Give him Smash. Give him Repo Man. Oh, he's gold. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? The 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 <laughs> we're gonna talk about Repo Man, but like the, where they dropped the ball on Repo Man, and they only did it like one or two times that I remember. Was <clears> when they had a, where they dropped the ball was they should have put like he teamed like one or two times with the Million Dollar Man mm-hmm. and IRS. They should have left him with him. That should have been a whole stable. You're right. It should have been Virgil yeah. as the bodyguard. Well, Virgil, was, another... Virgil was gone by then. All right. So you bring in a bigger guy as the bodyguard. Somebody but, but bring like, in and IRS. Man and IRS. Right. It would have been the Money Inc. Yeah. It's like, yeah, these guys aren't paying their bill. This guy ain't paying his taxes. All right. And when it go. stops not working, you, turn, you actually can turn the Repo Man face for a little bit. And have him try to repossess everything DiBiase has. I just, I just pictured Repo Man in a tow truck, like hoisting someone's car up on a, a you know, on the tow truck. Yeah. And then you pan out the camera, and there's DiBiase, and he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> "That's what I'm saying." <laughs> well, like how how better would it have been when IRS was feuding with the Undertaker, and he was at the Tombstone thing or whatever. And Repo Man has that same tow truck, and he's just ripping tombstones out of the fucking ground. Right. <laughs> right. Great. Who's turn? All right. Uh, it is. It is Archie's turn. This is the last turn. So pick wisely, gentlemen. My mind is telling <laughs> me to go really, really low. That's usually but, the best comedy fodder. Yeah. Mm. Number 13. Oh, you said, I thought you meant low, like, in the 400s. No. You meant low. No, I don't like... want to I don't want to end up again with Killer and where's the last guy I got? Adrian Hall. Yeah. 13? Yes. All right. Archie picks 13, and it is... Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Number thirteen, number thirteen in the pro, and I guess I could—I don't know. Anyway, we'll we'll talk about this. Number thirteen 
in the PWI 500 for 93 is Marty Janetti. Wow. 5'11", 239 years pro. Last year he was number 85. Upset Intercontinental Champion and ex-Rockers teammate Shawn Michaels in one of the years highlights. Later relinquished the title and dropped the controversial rematch on Monday Night Raw. So... I ain't mad at it. No, and and, and that's what I was going to say. That's why I kind of stepped back and was like, okay. Because him and Sean had some fantastic matches yeah. in 93. Uh, 93, him and him and uh, Waltman were a great tag team against the Quebecers. Right. Did they beat them for the title? Honestly. Like on, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Archie, if you were saying something. No, I just said, well, didn't they beat them for the title for like a week? They did. Yeah, so... That to me, I'll say this. Um, that was the first raw moment for me. You know what I mean? Where, um, it was like, holy shit, because Sean was like talking smack or whatever. You guys there? Yeah, we're, but but that was the that was the first holy shit moment on Raw for me was when um, Sean called anybody out from the crowd and then Marty showed up. Right. Like, so I don't don't have a problem with Marty being number 13. Mm -hmm. And again, he was, um, he seemed to be in a good mindset in 93, you know, Um, coming out of 92 where he had some issues because it was supposed to be Sean and Marty at, at WrestleMania 8. Um, and then, I mean, him and Sean have one of the, I'd say one, my, sorry, personally, one of my favorite matches of the 90s at Royal Rumble in 93. Yeah. Like I said, that, that, um, that, that, that Raw fucking moment, that's the first Raw. Oh, moment. yeah. 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 Cause you, it was, it was, um, what do you want to say? It was so different. Like you know, he comes just, out of the crowd in the street clothes and a fucking hoodie, and he's like, "What?" Right. Mm-hmm. So, thirteen is a, probably a little high, but I, I I wouldn't say that he shouldn't be in the top twenty. Right. Right. I wasn't expecting to say many. That was yeah. But, but but after you said it, and I thought more about it, I'm like, nah, I ain't right. mad at it. I can dig it. Couple title runs, you know. Mm-hmm. High profile matches. Why not? Anything else on that arch? No, I always like Marty. Just wish he would stop murdering people behind uh, Safeways and uh, post Taco post, Bell's. Posting random pictures of himself with African American women, saying, "This is my girlfriend." Right. It's not your girlfriend. You took a picture at a porn convention, Art Marty. For Christ's sake. Or, or being like, uh, I hope she's not my daughter because she's really hot. Yeah, Oof. my uh, my wife. That's <laughs> right. Wife is the wife is a huge Shawn Michaels fan. Has been forever. And we were going to Icons. Well, I was going to Icons uh, in September, mm-hmm. and I told her Marty Jenny's going to be there. And she's like, do me a favor, find how much it would be for him to call, Facetime me because I like I want to say hi. I'm like, okay. Like okay, other wrestlers have done this before. She she's a big fan of Marty Skrull. He he did that for free. He actually called her on Facetime. He said hi. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I go to Marty. I say hello. Tell him we're you know I've been following him since he was in you know AWA and all that. And 
He's being nice. He's not overly zealous or freaking out or anything. He's not being drugged out Marty yet. And I go, so how much for an 8x10? So he goes in 20 bucks. I'm like, okay. Thinking I'll get an 8x10 and I'll see how much he wants to, to call. I'm like, how much would it be for you to FaceTime my wife at home? She, she couldn't make it and she wants to meet you. And like, oh, hold on. Let me ask my manager. This four foot two little woman comes from behind the desk. In order for Marty to call your wife on the phone, that'll be $55. For five minutes and then ten dollars each additional minute after that what what, what are we calling one nine hundred nine nine hundred i'm like when did this what i'm like you, you're telling me it's gonna cost 55 dollars to call up and say hi she's like yes i'm like okay never mind calling like, so what do you want on the eight by ten i'll be I'm like i'll be back in ten i'll be right back never went next to him again <laughs> i love that you stiffed marty Janetti. well i'm like 55 dollars to make a phone call like, jesus christ like Shawn Michaels probably wouldn't even have charged me that much. So, show yeah. show names: Archie Stift, Marty Jannetty. <laughs> That's a great story, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> Aaron, your number. Make it good. Uh, <laughs> That's not a number. That's I not know. I'm thinking. Uh, let's go with thinking, thinking, thinking. Oh, yeah. ninety-three. You say ninety-three? Ninety-three. Well, it's the year that this happened. That's poetic. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Number ninety-three in ninety-three is Ron Harris. Ooh. Uh. <laughs> Six five two ninety. Nine years well, pro. This is 93, so this was like the good Harris brothers. Wait a minute, those six hours. I think we're both seven foot. That's kayfabe. <laughs> oh, so, so they gave him seven inches of kayfabe? Jesus. Well, so let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> Sometimes I'm the funniest guy in the room. Anyway. That was a great fucking joke. <laughs> It worked. It worked. That's a good line. <laughs> All right. That's another name you can write down for the fucking right. Seven inches, seven inches in caving. Seven inches in caving. They gave him seven inches in caving. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. He and brother Don <laughs> comprise the Bruce Brothers. You know what Jim I love? Court- <laughs> Nate goes from I'm the funniest guy in the room sometimes to the biggest straight man ever. <laughs> that's why I think that's why Aaron always always compares me to John Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right, so the Harris uh, brothers. Him and brother Don. He and Brother Don comprise the Bruise Brothers, Jim Cornette's latest creation and current Smoke Mountain tag team champs. <laughs> Tough brawler. Sorry, Jesus Christ! Former, former, that happened. Pacific Northwest champion. (laughs) Uh, Seven inches of kayfabe, and uh, that's my new show name. 
That's my new show name, Seven Inches in Cave <laughs> Here is Archie Mitchell and Dan Gleason with Seven Inches in Cave <laughs> Oh, no, All I, right. liked, I always liked the Harris boys. I thought they were a really good tag team. I think WWE dropped the gold ball with them four times because they had them as the Blue Twins, then the Harris brothers. Then eight bowl and chains. But they were also the Grim Twins. The Grim Twins it was four different times. You know, it was like pick, let let them get at least let them win the titles one time. You know, and and let them show off a little bit. <laughs> let them show off their seven inches of <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, Nate, you're up next. It's your last one. Blue ball All right. Films. Good. Last Go number. Let me think here. One. <coughs> one ninety-seven. Don Harris. Yeah. <laughs> one ninety-seven in the ninety-three PWI five hundred. Oh, we've already talked about him tonight as well. Jim Neidhart. 6-1-275, 14 years pro. Last year he was number 121. Bret Hart's former tag partner has lately wrestled for Independence and WCW, as Aaron referred to. Yeah. <clears throat> A straight-ahead brawler, the anvil is so-so in singles. At his best with an ideal teammate. And that, that's something I will say. Neidhart, at the end of the day, is a much more effective tag team wrestler than a singles wrestler. All day long. All day yeah. long. Like, him and Owen, they were a good team. Yeah. Like, they looked ridiculous. <laughs> they, were, they were a good team. And, and like I said, I wasn't trying to say, like, Jim Neidhart could have been, like, Intercontinental Champion or anything as a single star. I was just saying, like, Head on his head on straight, you know. Jim Neidhart probably could have been a better singles wrestler than he was. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and and you watch him in um, either Stampede or Mid South, and and you can definitely see that. Yeah, and it's actually kind of cool to watch, like before the Hart Foundation forms, like when he's like Fuji. Nas- yeah, when he was with Fuji in the WWF. That's interesting. Yeah. You know? It is. It, is. It, it, it was a pretty decent dynamic between the two of them. But, like I'm saying... It was the goatees. <laughs> yeah. But it's also the fact that it probably would have never worked because Jim Neidhart was an insane person. Yes, and Fuji would have Fuji would have ribbed him too much. And well, I'm, I'm just saying in general, Jim Neidhart was a fucking Looney Tune. Like yeah. being, he's a fucking Looney Tune. <laughs> like you know, how we talk about Randy Savage. You know how Randy Savage died, mm. where or it's like you don't want anybody to die, you know. But knowing that Randy Savage. Was in his was in his like Jeep Tracker or whatever, and had a massive heart attack. Went across four lanes of traffic, hit a guy on a fucking um, 
a motorcycle and slammed into a slammed into a palm tree. <laughs> like, how else would you expect Randy Savage to? Lie? <laughs> yes, the cream yeah. always rises to the top. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this dude had a heart attack and a Jeep tracker went across four lanes of traffic, hit a guy on a motorcycle, and slammed into a palm tree. That's how Randy Savage is supposed to die. This got real dark real fast. No. What happened? I'm saying, how else is he supposed to die? Like, oh, he was up on a hill. And and he just had had a mild heart attack and died. That's boring. It's boring. He went out the way he lived. He went out the way he lived. Neidhart's wife said, Jim stood up from the bed, looked at me, spun around, looked like he was doing the twist dance, <laughs> fell, and died. Is this really what she said? Like, basically, she said, he stood up, looked like he started dancing, <laughs> and then hit the ground. It's like, that is how he needs to go. Neidhart couldn't die Silently in his sleep, he should, he should stand up and look like he is doing the twist <laughs> and then violently fall to the floor. <laughs> That's how these people should leave. Okay. <laughs> Damn, man. I'm just saying. I'm not being dark. I'm saying it like I want to die in a crazy fashion. All right. So, oh, okay. So, wait. When I'm like 65, like most men in my family do, when I pass away quietly and sitting in a chair, you're like, it wasn't hardcore enough. Yeah, he should have went. He, he should have. He should have went eating like a large pie or something like that. Yeah. Like I want to know what you meant eating a gigantic pizza. <laughs> and and did some crazy fucking flip and died. Like, wow. I can't do a flip. I'm too big. can do a flip. In case I can do a flip. But, but I'm just saying, like, I'm not being dark, but I'm just saying, isn't that no, like... No, I agree with you, though. Yeah, like, if I told you, oh, the macho man Randy Savage died peacefully in a bunk bed, Sleeping. I'm like, God damn it. Why was he in a bunk bed? I don't know. No, I'm I know. That was my first question. Nate, you can't lie. You know, that would have been your first question, too. Why was he <laughs> in a bunk bed? But was, La- was Lanny there? Yeah, Probably. Lanny on the top bunk? Lanny would have been on the top bunk. Randy? Randy? Is, aren't those two of the coolest fucking stories ever? Yes. Okay. Let's do the twist. Yeah, Lady Brett said he stood up out of bed and then looked like he started dancing and then hit the ground. That's fantastic. (laughs) If you've ever seen Ellie Hart, she looks like Lady Brett. I've seen Ellie Hart. She doesn't look. She looks like it was either sister, and she doesn't look like a Lady Brett. She looks like Lady Brett Hart. Anyway. I'm doing the I'm doing the sign off for this show now. <laughs> I want to thank. Now, wait, a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to hear. I want to hear from the, the the fans real quick. I'm gonna put up a poll once Aaron's uh, NWA <laughs> title uh, tournament is done. 
I want to petition for us to do an all-night recording, but of all the shows, not all of them, obviously, because David wow. Gold probably won't have a time, have any time, or a lot of the asylum guys will be busy. I'd like us to do a slice of time. The year that was, if you smell what the art is cooking, and we can't wrestle podcast all in one night. Start at like oh 10, 11 o'clock at night and just go for like four or five hours straight. Archie, propo- Archie proposed to this this to me earlier, and I said, imagine the insanity of the last show. Right. And I said that would probably be the best episode of that show ever. <laughs> of any podcast ever. Of any podcast ever, right. <laughs> and Chris Candido, Aaron would be like, shit, I'm out of beer. And then we just <laughs> I'm never out of beer. <laughs> snowball. Oh my God, I'm I'm sleeping in a pel- in a plastic coat. Just <laughs> <laughs> Nate, wake up. We got to end the show to start at one. What? Ah, thank you for joining us on. If yeah, yeah. we can't wrestle the slice of yeah. <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> I'm telling you guys. Randy Savage has the best wrestling death. Oh ever. my god! All right. So that being said, Aaron, Nate, other than the death of Randy Savage, do you have any parting words for our listeners <laughs> this week? Uh, just like I said before, Happy New Year. Um, keep on listening. Uh, you guys have any? This is the thing. This is the only thing I got. We we encourage and want interaction. Give us more interaction. Positive, negative. Actually, negative is even funnier. I love negative interaction. Give me as as much negative interaction as you can give me. Tell me everything you hate. I want to hear it. <laughs> Archie? Uh, happy New Year to everybody. Um... Yes, continue to support all of our podcasts here on WrestleNet Radio and We Can't Wrestle Podcast. Um, and whatever you do, don't ever let anybody give you seven inches in kayfabe. <laughs> Be respect yourself, damn it! Right, right. We 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 also trailed off of um, something that we said we were going to do, and I'm going to bring it back. Okay. Is we've stopped asking each other the question of the week. Ah, good point. That will return. It's going to yes. return right now, real quick. No, no, yes, yes, no. real quick. Oh it's going to be really, 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 really quick. There's nothing really quick about this show. Yes, ever. Listen, listen. ever. Listen, Linda. Ever. Who had the better sideburns? Who had the better sideburns? Andre the Giant. Stan Stacy or, or Harley Race. <laughs> Bloated Elvis. No, Harley, wrestling. Harley wrestling. Who has the better sideburns? Andre the Giant. Stan Stacy. <laughs> Harley Race. I'm going with Harley Race. Harley Race, and here's why. Stan Stacy X sideburns with a fucking shit. <laughs> no, Harleys were better because they also became a mustache. I know, but stands right, <laughs> right. They were stands alone, man. They were stands alone sideburns. They're fucking pimp. <laughs> Good night, everybody. 
Good night, everyone. <laughs> and don't forget, of course, to check out all the other shows on the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network, including If You Smell What the Arch is Cooking with Mr. Archie Mitchell and Mark Brew, Reliving the Extreme with myself, Aaron, and Chad Austin of ECW, a Slice of Time with myself talking about 25 years ago in professional wrestling, Maximum Gold. All right, there's too many podcasts on this network for right now. Yeah. But yeah. that being said, check them all out. Join the group there, the WrestleNet Radio Podcast pod, Network. All of those podcasts. If you're not a member of the the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Network, also join us there, um, the Facebook group. And that being said, we're going to sign off this week. Happy New Year, everybody. The Hall of Fame is coming. What is all this shame? June. <laughs> but the Hall of Fame is coming. Along with more trivia, I want to do a trivia episode. But we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Eat it, Skeeters. The We Can't Wrestle podcast is a production of Maxin Out Media, all rights reserved.